Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com. My name is Tracy Irwin, as Caleb said. Um, I'm on the executive leadership here at The Resting Place, but I also do many things. Um, And one of the things I absolutely love is to talk about what God is saying. And so, uh, God, and I'm going to let you in on our little conversation. But before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about myself first. Um, uh, And this is how it's going to go. So I'm going to say something funny, and you're going to say, ha, 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 right? (laughs) Go ahead and practice, ha, ha, ha. Okay. And when I say something amazing, you're going to say, wow. Yeah. So I want you all to be interactive, make lots of noises, try not to be quiet. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Now we got that settled. All right. So a lot of you may not know or realize that I was a professional Christian. Yes. Yes, I was. I was one of those. I was the best judge, I mean, discerner, uh, Christian discernment on the planet. I could discern with the best of them, and uh, I could tell you what was wrong with everyone and every environment I walked into. Oh, yeah, that was me. Great radar right here. Um, I could fast like a pro. 24-hour fast, no problem. Three-day fast, easy breezy. And I was super humble about it, too. Uh, When I gathered around the prayer circle, I asked for strength for my fasting. (laughs) I was considered very knowledgeable in in healing and deliverance methods, and I had two decades under my belt. Oh, yeah. Um, That was me. Um, I knew all the demons by name. Mm -hmm. If you are extra spiritual, you also know the principalities of the city. Yeah, some of you will catch this later. Uh, If the shoe fits, kick it off. (laughs) Christianity, after all, is a very serious business. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's no room for joy. Of course, this was the old me. Yeah. Uh, But if I saw someone laughing, I was certain it was demonic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. How dare they laugh at matters of the church? Um, (laughs) There was one problem with all of this. I had no idea who I was. And I was probably the most depressed doubter, I mean believer, on the planet. Did you know the word hypocrite in Greek means stage actor? Mm, That was me. Um, I had become an employee and not a daughter. Yeah. Hardworking, but when I clocked out, I was dead inside. And I want to encourage you, he's not a godfather but he is Father God, okay? He's not the Godfather. He's not interested in employing us to do his bidding. He's a family man. He's he's family. He's Father God. So the conversation I'm going to let you in on is him and I have been talking about awakening. Have you ever heard of that word? If you've been around church for any length of time, you have, and you've probably prayed for it. I have. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But the conversation I was having was, what would an awake church be like? Awake from what? From all the dead religious poison that robs us from freedom and joy. That would be one thing. 
Because what I realized is it's a lot easier to keep praying for an awakening rather than function awake. Okay? <laughs> it's a lot easier to just keep praying for awakening rather than function as an awake church, especially if you're a professional Christian. That can be very challenging. So what has happened, and by no means am I pointing fingers because I love the bride. I've been called to the bride, and it is my passion. The bride is my passion. But I'm just seeing, okay, just showing you what I see in the conversations that I have. Um, but it, it has come to the point in some churches that we've reduced it to acting lessons, teaching people how to behave and get into character. And I'm just not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. We shouldn't, we shouldn't just pray for awakening. We need to be an awake church and function as an awake church. Um, and the reason why we should still pray for awakening is because um, it says in Scripture, I believe it's Romans 8.19, that all creation is standing on tiptoe for the unveiling of the sons and daughters. That's still happening, and it needs to still happen. But I just felt God arrest my heart to talk about as we go into 2020. It's like bridging 2019, walking into 2020. Um, what does an awake church look like? Um, because here at the, at the resting place, we're all about multiplication. And what are we going to multiply? And so we aren't going to remain or ever be a holy huddle, as Caleb calls it. I call it a Christian country club. Um, no, uh-uh, I'm not signing up for that. And so we're not building that here. And so what I want to point to are three building blocks that God gave um, for an awake church. Bought, believe, build. Um, if you have ever read about Saul, he's one of my favorites because he was like me. He was a professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was. He was a professional. And Saul, who became Paul, had his own awakening on the road to Damascus. And his, once he was awakened, his mission in his life after this encounter was building a foundation and setting culture on what Jesus bought, believing in what he did, and believing in who he says we are, and building up the churches. You see, Saul was an employee. He performed his religious duties to the T, but when he had his encounter, he became a son. He became Paul. And so I'm going to read you, if you'll pull it up on the screen, Romans 8, 1 through 8. I'm going to read this in the message translation. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma was resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. How many of you ever experienced living under a black cloud? I have. Yeah. Come on. He cleared it. There's a new power in operation. <laughs> There's a new power in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fateful lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. Come on. Don't you just love the message version? <laughs> he went for the jugular. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote or unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. 
once and for all. Say it with me, once and for all. That's it. The law code, weakened as it always was. Did you catch that? The law code, weakened as it always was. It was never meant to bring solution. It was meant to direct you to show you who the true enemy was, which is sin. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ended up being uh, used as a Band-Aid <clears throat> on sin instead of deep healing of it. And now, what the law code asked for but we couldn't deliver is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Come on, that's such a good word. Redoubling our, our own efforts, they don't do anything. He already did it. Bought and paid for. So why are we still trying to buy our way to Jesus? Stop it. Please. It's done. It's finished. He already did it. And if you're like me, I'm just a hard worker, you know? And so it makes sense that when I got saved and walked into the family of God, I'm just, I'm going to work hard. But... It just seems too simple that he already did it. Like, what do I do now? Like, what's next? You know? <sighs> Hello? Live. Live. <laughs> Rest. That's what happens. He already did it. He finished it. I don't have to. There's nothing for us to finish. So we're not trying to earn our way. We live from rest and what he did. We're the resting place. We live from rest <laughs> from what he already did. So permission granted right now, today, permission granted, if you're feeling overwhelmed, permission granted to rest. He finished it. We're not earners. We're believers. Okay? God isn't our employer. He doesn't want to employ you. He's our father. We are not employees. We are sons and daughters. So 2020, in 2020, what does an awake church look like? Well, it's going to have spiritual intelligence. And what does that mean? Brian Simmons says it best, Christ plus something is no gospel at all. If you have to add anything to the gospel, it's not the gospel. It's good news. It's simple. <laughs> I tried that. It doesn't work. I promise you. But Christ plus nothing is everything. It's everything. We aren't adding any person or method or self-effort to the finished work. So it's, it's simple. The next building block for an awake church is believe. Believe in who you are. Your real life is hidden in Christ. One of my favorite verses of all times. Can you put up Colossians 3? Colossians 3.3 3 in the NIV, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Yeah. What does that mean? You're dead. <laughs> you dead. You died. <laughs> you absolutely, your old self died. It says in the word in Corinthians that you're a new creature in Christ. And you see, what I was taught and believed because I didn't take responsibility to learn scripture for myself. Hello, can I challenge you guys to learn scripture for yourself? Okay. Even me standing here, just because I'm standing behind this thing, um, I can make mistakes. Um, yeah. If I'm saying something that's not 
in the word, come, come to me. I want to know. It doesn't mean that I know everything because I'm standing here. The more I think I know, the more I know I know nothing. I, I don't. And so um, what I was taught was I was like an old car, an old jalopy. And when I said yes to Jesus, he's going to, like, fix me up, you know, and I'm going to help him. <laughs> that sounds nothing like you're dead. You died and you're a new creation. Sounds nothing. But that's the theology that, that I adopted and I was taught, and I'm not pointing fingers because, honestly, it is on me. It, it's on me. I didn't study the word to go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like freedom. So I spent two decades chasing after uh, freedom when I already had it. I already had it. <laughs> Guys, you already have it. You already have it. So it's important to know this verse because you died. <laughs> and now your real life, if you want to know what your life is like, it's hidden in Christ. What does that mean? It means that what Jesus has, you have. What Jesus doesn't have, you don't have. What does Jesus have? Ask yourself, what does Jesus have? Let's think about that for a minute. What does he have? That's what you have. Um, I do want to read the Passion Translation because it's all about believing in who you are. And I'm all about God telling us who we are and not taking my own opinion of myself, right? Um, I want his opinion of me. Yeah, I want his opinion of me. It says in Colossians, um, same verse, um, three and four, your crucifixion with Christ. Did you hear that? Your crucifixion with Christ. You were crucified with Christ. Oh, interesting. If you're crucified, you're dead. <laughs> you can't be not dead if you were crucified. I don't know anyone who survived crucifixion, do you? It says, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, are also revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Come on. Didn't anyone tell you yet that you died? <laughs> no one told me. I was trying to improve myself. It means no more of the old self. It's gone. You have brand new DNA. It means you, you're not enslaved to sin anymore. You know, like me, the one at one point, I enjoyed a good time. I enjoyed a good party. You know, all my party friends that I run into, they don't even recognize me. Why? Because I'm new. And the new me doesn't recognize the old me. And when I talk about the old me, it's like I'm talking about somebody else. Why is that? Because I'm new. You're new. You're brand new. Never been seen on the face of planet Earth before new. Not, not recycled. This is recycled glass. You're not recycled. You're brand new. So if you want to know who you are, look at Jesus, and that's who you are. Not saying you're God. I'm saying you are his mirror image, his model. Red carpet. Come on. Red model. Display. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. You reflect his glory. Ah, so let me unveil you. 
Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Do, we, do I have Romans 5.1 on a slide? Okay, yeah. Flawless. Come on. How can you improve on flawless? We aren't supposed to try to improve on that. We aren't supposed to try to be do-gooder, gooder, I'm gooder, a gooder person. Um, it's unveiling our true selves. Unwrap the gift. You're a gift. Sam, you're a gift. You're a gift. Michael, you're a gift. Brooke, you're a gift. You guys are gifts. Unwrap yourself. Look at how amazing you are. You're flawless. And if you don't believe it, I'm going to keep telling you until you do. We are one with him right now, heaven in us on this earth right now. It's not about going to heaven. It's about getting heaven out of us, right? So, you know, if you get stuck at belief, get around people who see you as as heaven sees you. That's what I do. I just get around Sandy Holman. Get around Sandy Holman. (laughs) She sees you as heaven sees you. Get into a community collective, you know, where you're going to be encouraged and championed. If, if you're stuck at bot and you can't quite believe that it's finished, come to Vanguard. I mean, we literally spend nine months in Romans 6, 7, and 8. <laughs> Isn't that true? My Vanguardists over here. Come on. The second building block, um, as we've been talking about belief, in 2020, an awake church will have emotional intelligence. Okay, what does that mean? Holiness is wholeness. He's already made you holy. You are holy right now. There is nothing you can do to make yourself more holy. There is no holy contest to win. Yeah, no contest. It's already been won. And we keep trying to finish what's been finished 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Knowing and believing we are loved, accepted, and significant are vastly different. You can know that and not believe it. Guys, you can know that and not believe it. So I'm challenging you to go after belief. God loves to be believed. He did it to you. You didn't do it to yourself. So you get to just enjoy it. Why do we have such a problem with enjoyment? I don't know. Just a thought. I do anyway. We need to learn to enjoy our salvation. Come on. (sighs) Deep breath. Okay. So these are God-given needs of our soul, and I believe in 2020 this is going to be really important for um, running our destiny. These are things we need to be intentional about. Chris Vallotton says it best in Destined to Win. He said, Sunday after Sunday, all around the world, people are taught how to become more spiritual, but we never teach them how to manage their souls. If all prosperity and health are directly related to the soul and, and only directly indirectly related to our spirits, it's imperative that we first acknowledge and then manage the needs for our souls. We have needs, guys. And so I love, I love this um, verse that encourages us. It's in 3 John 2. It says, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Um, I was told my soul was evil, so I kept trying to get rid of it. Um, he is the lover of your soul. He loves your soul. But within your soul is where needs are. And when we try to just operate on our gifts alone, 
and don't manage our needs, it can become very toxic and unhealthy. And um, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you all the things I'm not okay with. Because I love you. And, um, you know, we've already been made whole in him, but we do have to be intentional about that. And so I challenge you in 2020 to be intentional about that. <clears throat> we have lots of opportunities for those kinds of things, not just here at the resting place, but, I mean, come on, we live in the information age. There's so much um, healthy, good teaching out there online. If you, if you need a resource, come, come talk to me. Um, but I'm going to continue what Chris Valentin said because it's really good. Um, if we don't do that, if we're not intentional, if we don't acknowledge, otherwise we find ourselves drowning in the sea of humanity, starving for love, affection, acceptance, significance, attention, and approval. You know, those were God-given. We were created to need those. We were created to have those. And, of course, they're found in him. I mean, he approves of us. But that's, again, going back to we're not his employees. Is, is your employer concerned with your soul? I mean, maybe somebody, maybe someone who works here has an employer that is, but... Most people are not. They're interested in the work that you do, right? But you're not his employees. You're sons and daughters. You're sons and daughters. <sighs> Just say it. I'm his son or I'm his daughter. You're his daughter. You're his son. You're not an employee. He doesn't need you to do a job for him. Okay. Sorry, I had to get that out. <laughs> The last building block for an awake church is build. This one's my favorite. Who likes building? I do. Who are my builders out there? Who likes advancing? Who likes promotions? Yes. Um, we are kings and, and priests advancing the kingdom. Right? What is the kingdom? What are we advancing? The kingdom's you. The kingdom's you, and we're advancing you. And so how are we doing that? We're building people who build people to carry out their God-given destiny and the call of God on the life. And what I've learned about promotion is, you know, I'm just sharing with you from my experience. I'm in no expert about promotions, kingdom promotions, but... Uh, from my experience, what I've experienced about being promoted in the kingdom is God took my Grinch heart <laughs> and enlarged it. He did. I did. I had a Grinch heart. Have you ever seen the Grinch? He took my Grinch heart and enlarged it to serve someone else in such a way that they cannot miss their destiny. Okay, that's what promotion in the kingdom is for me. I want to say that again. To serve someone in such a way that they cannot miss their destiny. Do you know that that's how I feel about you? I want to serve you in such a way that you cannot miss your destiny. But I will tell you this. We can't advance what we don't believe. We can't advance what we don't believe. If you don't believe you're flawless, if you don't believe your destiny and your call and your mission, how can you advance it? So, here at the resting place, how, how does this happen? How do we build? Um, I'm going to read the verse um, in a minute, but in Ephesians 4, it talks about the five-fold ministry. It, all that is is five offices that complete the foundation of the church, the big C church. Hold on a second. Sorry. 
had a tickle in my throat. If you um, think of the fivefold as five fingers, what am I holding up? <clears throat> a hand. <clears throat> I'm holding up a hand. His hand is holding us, and so when we refuse to believe our union and we refuse to believe our identity, we're not building kingdom. We can't build. What, what happens is we build a religi- religious system instead. Think about that for a minute. Guys, you can't fail. His hand is holding us. You're in it. You're right there. See? There you are. There she is. There's Sandy Holman right there. (laughs) He's And this hand, his hands are holding us. And we're holding out our hands to you, the fivefold. And as you grab a hold of it, What's being given to you, a fivefold gives us full power, like an engine who runs on all its cylinders. It gets the benefit of operating at full capacity. What happens when a car drops a cylinder? It loses power. It still drives, and it's super annoying because you don't have the full power. So you can still do church, but you don't have full power. It's a lesser and weaker foundation, so why would we want to do that, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. We have the benefits of having all five here at the resting place. Come on. Yes. That's clapworthy. Come on. So I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, if you want to put it up on the screen. He has appointed some with the grace to be apostles. Notice that's plural. There's not one, there's many. And some with the grace to be prophets, and some with the grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own work of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Come on, guys. If the foundation is Christ and every finger on the hand securing the foundation, and now we're extending his hand to you, to equip you, to build you, we can't make you. We can only inspire you and care for you and build you, but only you, to the level in which you choose to believe, can build kingdom. Only you, to the level in which you choose to believe. So I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging you to draw a line in the sand. Preachers who preach but do not love and they do not honor... That's not okay. Have you ever met a mean prophet? Have you ever experienced that? Like, that's because gifts are not based on character. That's the scandal of grace. It's a gift. We don't earn it. So we owe it to Christ to mature in our gifts so that we can be a demonstration of his love and we would be void of performance. Our gifts serve us. We don't serve our gifts. And I've done that, guys. I've served my gifts. 
And I, sometimes I slip into that, but um, I'm reminded over and over again, they serve me. My gifts serve me. So no more faking it until we make it, because that's based on performance. There's nothing fake about you. The real you looks like Jesus and thinks like Jesus. That's the real you. Performance says if you don't meet our expectations, you are out, you'll lose everything. It's not about that. If you are in leadership for the power and influence, then you'll always be one step away from losing it and be driven to perform, which I've done. But what if you were designed for power and influence and it just got twisted? Come on. Some of you were designed for power and influence. No matter how someone behaves, it doesn't change who they are. Even though I behaved that way, it didn't change who I was. I was still a new creation. So behavior doesn't determine identity. And that's what removes the need to perform. It's, it's just time to stop performing. There's no auditions here. So in 2020, building um, an awake church, we will also have financial IQ. Yes, prosperity gospel. Yes, God wants to prosper us. Yes, <laughs> the gospel is a gospel of prospering. You know, I used to be the Christian who tried to look the most miserable. And now it doesn't make sense to me because why would I go, hey, I know this guy. And uh, like he's everything and he's amazing. And yeah, come follow him. And I'm broke. I can't pay my bills and I can't put food on my table. Like, yeah, I want to follow that. You know, um, and it's not, I'm not talking about just riches, but I'm talking wealth to build, emotional wealth. Come on. So here's the challenge we face. Some of us are still stuck at bought. Some of us are stuck at belief. It's time to build, guys. He's given us everything we, we need. Aren't you tired of the religious regurgitation? God has a revelation for you. I'm tired of churchianity. It's time we break up with that powerless gospel. Come on. The relationship is over. We're going to move into 2020 with being an awake church. And so um, what, are, what are some next steps? Believing, right? Believing. We aren't employees. We are sons and daughters. Um, take advantage of the opportunities we give to you. Come be community. Like I said before, come join, sign up for Community Collective. Uh, the last thing I want to leave you with is what God spoke about you here at the resting place, and it's so good. And if you go ahead and put that on the screen for me, the resting place and awake church. And I honestly believe God told me that we are his favorite. So, you know, those of you who have multiple children, you know you have your favorite one. I'm, I'm the favorite. I'm my dad's favorite. I just know it, you know. It's annoying, but. Anyway, so here is the resting place, and this is what he says about you, and it's beautiful. We are people who build people. Yes. We are moved only by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We do what the Father is doing. We say what the Father is saying. Yes, you can clap for that. We are more concerned with what heaven is doing than what people are saying. I had to add that. <laughs> we do not manage people, but we empower them. Um, we don't limit people's destiny, but we support them. We're not afraid of greatness in others. Come on, guys. Not afraid to confront mediocrity and false humility. Reveals every son and daughter's new nature in Christ. Is concerned with their city looking like heaven. 
And last, we are solutionaries. We don't just point out problems or just pray about them. We take action into bringing solution. So, yeah, I mean, hooray for 2020. I'm so ready, guys. Let's build. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com.